You're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And Belinda Fleming. Thank you for joining in today. And thank you for joining in each and every week. Hopefully you have hit the subscribe button to whatever platform that you listen to Midlife State of Mind podcast on. Erin and I are just so grateful for each and every one of you. And we would love it if you could take the time to give us a five-star rating. It is a way for us to move up in the ratings and reach more listeners. And if you have a friend that you know could benefit from listening to what we share. Share it with them. We'd love that. And also head to our website, midlifestateofmindpodcast.com. You can learn more about Belinda and myself and about our upcoming retreat in Italy of October of this year, 2023. We'll be in Tuscany enjoying all of the things that Italy has to offer. What are we talking about today, Erin? This episode is prompted, like most of our episodes, by things that happen in my life and your life when we sit down and do our brainstorming or what do you want to call it like production meetings I think Mm -hmm. is what we call when we go to Takayera and eat lunch (laughs) exactly (laughs) we need to start writing those off professional (laughs) (laughs) start saving our receipts and writing those off as a business expense so in one day I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw two different posts that talked about discipline and one was from a very influential lady and she was talking about how self-discipline is so needed in so many aspects of our life and how it's a good thing basically is what she was saying then I was scrolling another post was talking about self-discipline and how it's bad and it just leads to self-loathing so you and I of course had a conversation around it and I was like we need to do an episode on this because we really want to unpack what self-discipline is how it can be good and how it can be detrimental and so of course I had to find out what self-discipline is and the actual definition is the ability to push yourself forward stay motivated and take action regardless of how you're feeling physically or emotionally. So I think that's why some people maybe think of self-discipline as a bad thing is because they think, well, if it doesn't make me feel good in the moment, it's not good. You know, in this whole culture that we have now of everything should feel good and everything should be all sunshine and rainbows. The opposite is actually true. Self-discipline is about doing it even when you don't feel like it. Being consistent, being true to whatever agreement agreements that you make with yourself, agreements you make with those that are counting on you. Self-discipline is important for us in integrity, just our day-to-day lives of how we interact and how we show up in our family, how we show up at work, how we show up with the people that... In in social circles, friendships. Yeah, everything. I mean, it really trickles over. It starts with ourselves. I was going to say, but most importantly, self-discipline is, it's promised to yourself. and It it is. Yeah. Absolutely. You're the most important person that it affects. And I like to think of self-discipline as it's the practice of doing what your brain knows is a good choice, even when your body wants to resist. So you go for that walk, even when your body is like, oh, I really want to lay here on the couch and binge Netflix or whatever. But your brain says, no, you know that you made a promise to yourself that you were going to walk three times a week or you were going to do A, B, or C. And so even when your body, which our bodies tend to, they want to keep us in that comfort zone, right? Our body is, oh, why do we want to sweat or push ourselves?
ourselves or do things that are hard. Well, really, it's our thoughts that are controlling our body. So if we yeah. can, if we can find the mastery over our thoughts, and then the body's going to just follow along with whatever the, the mind has set itself to do. But I do see the analogy of it, and I do think that self-discipline is something that you agree and commit to. It's why we have goals. It's why we get up in the morning and we whatever motivates us, right? You could even interchange motivation sometimes somewhat with a little bit of self-discipline. What motivates you? What makes you follow through with the things that you say you're going to do? So the post that I read that was talking about self-discipline leads to self-loathing is she was just saying that, you know, give yourself grace, which I think that you can have self-discipline and still give yourself grace when you fall short because each day is a new day and you start over. I feel like self-discipline is putting money in the bank for a later day. It's like you're adding to your your bank account for down the road. So maybe in the short term, it sucks. And we've talked about that when we talked about you running marathons, that you embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. You know it sucks (laughs) in the moment, right? When you have to go and do that 18-mile run and maybe you didn't sleep well the night before or you had a lot going on with your kids or whatever and you're like, I know this isn't going to be fun in the short term, but the long term is where it's going to help you because you had made that commitment to yourself to train for the marathon. And if you didn't do the work leading up to it, you weren't going to be able to do the marathon. Right. And to me, crossing the finish line is the accomplishment. And so Mm -hmm. in order to do that in a way that feels good in my mind, my body, and keeps me healthy, I mean, it isn't beneficial to go out and not do all of these things. And I mean, it isn't always embracing the suck, but there are moments during that run that it is. And if you stopped every time your mind said, oh, wow, this sucks, you would never see the benefits of anything being accomplished for your efforts. So it's very interesting that there are some days where, you know, if I was supposed to run a 10 mile run and that day I only ran six, I'm not going to beat myself up about it, right? Some days it's easy to run 10 miles for me. Some days it's hard to run five miles. Every day you feel a little bit different, but when you make yourself, when you commit to self-discipline, you actually don't want to self-sabotage your efforts and you also don't want to be so harsh on yourself. You have to, like you said, there can be... It's a balance. Yeah. And there can be days where you don't really feel like it, but you still go out and you do something. Right. You know. They've done numerous studies, you know, the experts in the field, and they say that practicing self-discipline, it boosts your well-being overall. To achieve a long-term goal, you have to learn to resist the immediate wants. You know, for me, when I started this podcast, for instance, I knew that I wasn't going to have any listeners to start with. (laughs) It was speaking into the void. You know, family and friends were the ones that listened to start with. But if I had stopped, and it's an interesting little tidbit of knowledge for you guys that aren't in the podcasting field, most people give up after seven episodes because you see no traction. You aren't getting downloads other than your Aunt Sally and your mom and maybe your sisters, right? Right. I mean, the few people who love you and would buy dirt from you. (laughs) You know, most people give up after seven episodes because they don't see any traction. But once you get 
past that point. Like for me, I wasn't even doing it. I am doing it for the listeners, but it was more that I had decided I was going to do it. Right. And so I had to have the self-discipline to do it regardless of if I was, if I was reaping the rewards for my effort. So when you, when you make a long-term goal, you sacrifice your immediate wants and your immediate reaction to things. And then when you do continue to practice self-discipline, it ends up boosting your confidence and your happiness because you can pat yourself on the back like, oh my gosh, I did what I set out to do. And it builds resiliency because the next thing, you don't know what else is on your journey. We don't know what's coming much less tomorrow or next year. And we want to be living our very, very best life and doing all the things that afford us resiliency, confidence, contentment, fulfillment. And it is that day-to-day consistency with being disciplined that has a bigger payoff for us on a daily basis, but even looking down the road when we think about our health habits. If we overindulge on a regular basis, we will live to regret that. It will open up the door for possibly diabetes or something further down the road that maybe with those day-to-day, just one choice could make the difference in having a chronic illness or not. Now, I know some illnesses, you know, are genetic or predisposed or whatever, but by and large, a lot of things are based Preventable. on- Yes, and based on our daily lifestyle Absolutely. choices. I mean, I think even though I think my MS, I don't think I wasn't leading an unhealthy life at 30. I worked out and all of that. But I do think that there are things that predispose you to some chronic illnesses. And I mean, I think even with MS, there probably were things that I could have done that would have maybe prevented me from developing it. Right. You know, now my heart, things like that, that I was born with congenital things, there's nothing I can do about those. And I have had to work through some of that. I don't know if I would necessarily call it guilt, but maybe even shame around getting MS. Like, what did I do? What could I have done differently? But it led me to where I am. Saying that about resiliency, what it does, especially in today's culture, here's what I worry about for my kids. We live in a society of instant gratification. If you want something, you can order it on Amazon and get it within 24 hours. If you are like, oh, I want to have Wendy's at 1130 at night, all you have to do is get Uber and Uber delivers it to you. So when we practice self-discipline, we learn how to delay that self-gratification. We learn how to say not everything that is good is going to come easy. Some things take work. Right. This is a really cool quote from Mahatma Gandhi. True discipline gives enthusiastic obedience to instructions, even though they do not satisfy the reason. So that's, it's very interesting. Enthusiastic obedience to instructions. And sometimes you don't really want to do it, but you know that it is in your best interest. And that's where the discipline piece comes in. And as children, we have our parents that can be the gatekeeper for us. And that's an important point is that self-discipline happens in the prefrontal cortex of our brain, which doesn't develop in children, which is why if you look at all mammals, all animals on earth, we're the ones that humans have the longest period of parental guidance, right? Like Mm -hmm. birds leave the nest in two weeks. weeks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, bears stay with their mothers through one season. 
because humans develop the prefrontal cortex later. It, that part of our brain is responsible for focus, for impulse control, and our emotions. That's why it's often in conflict with the logical, rational part of our brain because that prefrontal cortex, when it's not fully developed, that's why kids are impulsive. My Garrett at three years old, who did not know how to swim, jumped in the pool with no floaties on and sank right to the bottom. Mm-hmm. His prefrontal cortex had not been developed. You know, kids are impulsive and do things. And so that's a very great distinction, Belinda, that parents are the gatekeepers to teaching self-discipline to kids, learning how to build resiliency through self-discipline, through that delayed gratification and impulse control. Well, there are three types of self-control. There's self-control itself, you know, talking about just the executive function Mm -hmm. and over time and with practice, right? And so self-discipline is a practice. None of us are perfect. We are going to make mistakes. Sometimes those mistakes are very crucial for our learning, right? We're not going to go through life without making mistakes. And, but we want to minimize the number of impulsive decisions that we make that would cause us to do something that might be harmful. So if we talk about impulse control, impulse control is being able to stop and think before acting. And so you just mentioned children aren't really capable of doing that. And they're, they really aren't capable of acknowledging the bigger consequences of what of what's happening. And so they can get in trouble and they can get hurt. But if we go through life and then all of a sudden we fast forward and now we're adults and we still haven't grasped the importance of impulse control. We all know adults, maybe in our distant family members, in our immediate family, people that we work with that have issue with that. And it is something that cannot be taken lightly. And I recommend for any of us that are experiencing any kind of issues with impulse control that behavioral counseling and therapy is very beneficial no matter what age category that you're Uh, in. uh, Well, there are ways that you can build self-discipline. You can identify an area that needs growth and then you you choose a goal for it. You can start small. Give you, like you said, one small change or the next step would be visualizing the outcome. Like what is it you want to achieve from doing this, from having this goal and then picture yourself, like for you, you probably picture yourself crossing the finish line. You know, for me, when I started the podcast, it was like, I just had a goal. Like I want to continue to do episodes and I want to reach people from all over the world, which has happened. And then set the stage for your success. So remove any barriers to success. So if you are a person who says, I'm going to start running every day, put your running shoes out the night before, set your running clothes out. And then when you see them in the morning, you don't really have an excuse. You're like, okay, I'm going to go and do what I set the goal to do. And Mm -hmm. then you can get started right away. So oftentimes we wait for Monday, you know, or we wait for after this next vacation, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Postponing. Yeah. Always postponing. Yeah. Procrastinating Mm -hmm. because it's easier to set the date. So start even when it doesn't feel right. So like if it's running or if it's starting a healthier eating regimen, just make one small change. Don't set out to run a marathon if you've never run before. You want to like... Do a 5K first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe even just start walking. Well, I had mentioned the one particular type of self-control with the impulse, but there are two others, emotional control and then movement control. So with emotional control, you've got the ability to manage your feelings. And if you're someone who gets easily frustrated and maybe you give up very easily on things. So learning to self-regulate. Yes. And this is, you know, you just hit the nail on the head. If you say you're going to run a 5k or whatever, and you give up very easily, and you've been saying that for the last five years, what you just
just said about lay out your running clothes, sign up for a race. These are very important and this would help you with struggling with whatever that emotional piece is. Maybe you're fearful that you're going to have to actually, like you said, it looks like a little bit like work. Self-discipline looks a little bit like work. (laughs) Yeah, and and most of us don't like work for sure. So, but the third one is movement control. And so movement control is, is how we move our bodies. And you hit on that even earlier too, that if you, you know, if you want the movement of your body and doing what you should do to be healthy, it comes from your mindset, right? Mm -hmm. All of this is coming from the brain and the brain is what is operating in order to manage impulse control, in order to manage our emotions, and then also to manage our movement and control of our body. And this is why as children, we play games and we have rules and, you know, someone gets to be the leader and someone has to be the follower. We have to learn to get along in a dynamic that where sometimes we aren't always the one getting to make all the decisions and we aren't the one that's in charge of every situation and we have to understand our role and it's so it can go on and on and on oh yeah there's so many applications for it but it does start with what we keep coming back to is self yes it does and it's making a promise to yourself but having an accountability partner can be very helpful I have an accountability partner right now in school Mm -hmm. in my applied functional medicine program that we meet every Monday morning at eight o'clock. We have a phone call. She lives in Florida and we talk about what we accomplished the week before. What are our intentions to accomplish this week? And so we're very honest. Like when I went on vacation, I won't be touching this for the next week. Even though she's my accountability partner, she's not lording it over me saying, well, what did you get done? She's more just there for me to make the promise to someone else that I'm going to do this and follow through with it. And the other thing is that track your progress, whatever the goal is that you've set, track your self-discipline so that you can look back and say, oh, look how far I've come. And then celebrate when you have a wind. You know, like if you do set out to run a 5K, when you run it, maybe that's when you say... Be proud, celebrate. Yeah, there might be something that you say, well, if if I finish this 5K, maybe I'm going to treat myself to a new pair of running shoes or a pedicure or give myself a massage because we all need that positive reinforcement, right? I mean, that's why we tell our kids when they do a good job because once they get that positive reinforcement, they want to do it again. And then like you said, give yourself grace. It doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the Mm bathwater. Just because you didn't, when you ran six miles and you were supposed to run 10, you just said, okay, I ran six miles. I wanted to run 10, but I'm going to give myself grace. And I'm not going to beat myself up about it. And you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to just pick myself back up and do whatever it was that I needed to the next time. Right. Well, it's interesting. Self-discipline is really about our mind's ability to govern the body. Yeah. And that's a better, more articulate way to say it. And we can sometimes get caught up in our mind with our own self-judgment. We can also get caught up with self-sabotage. These are all things, too, that we have to navigate and we have to be, you know, sometimes you have to sit with, okay, if my goal for the last three years has been to run a 5K and I haven't done it yet, what am I doing? Well, maybe reassess your goal and maybe make it that you're going to walk a 5K. Yeah. And like, why am I still circling the same mountain? Does that make sense? Absolutely. So reassess your goal. Maybe that's not a realistic goal for yourself. We talked about realistic expectations and unrealistic. Maybe that's unrealistic. Maybe you have plantar fasciitis and like, so it hurts your feet. Maybe you get on the bike because it's less stressful for your feet. Reassess your goal. Don't like just set the goal and make it be a goal that is unattainable. Make it something that's attainable. Well, I do think self-sabotage can be a way of avoiding self-discipline. And And that's, I think, what her post was alluding to. Well, I think you have to be really honest with yourself and, like you said, reassess on a regular basis 
and also celebrate when you do have the big accomplishments. But self-sabotage is inconsistency. It's avoiding. It's judgment. Self-discipline is actually a way of life. It is something you commit to every day, leading a healthy lifestyle or not being triggered, emotionally regulating, being aware of situations that do trigger you or whatever, and finding ways to change your responses. So self-discipline is a daily, sometimes hourly. It's an awareness of how you are operating in the world. So we're giving self-discipline a thumbs up, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I read a quote. We'll end with this. Horace, he was an early philosopher, and he said, rule your mind or it will rule you. Mm -hmm. So I think that sums it up nicely. It's true. Well, we hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye now. This has been an E-Squared production.